The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good afternoon and welcome to this Saturday afternoon edition of Shooting from the Hip. My name is Mark Avery and I'm in the studio alone today. Jeff is not able to be here, but uh, we do have a special guest who will be joining us on the phone. And I'm sure uh, when you find out who it is that you'll be really glad you tuned in today. Shooting from the Hip is brought to you by Sim Trainer, Dayton area's first indoor shooting range and firearms training center. You'll find us at 2031 Dryden Road and we'd be happy to... Uh, give you more information about what all is uh, happening over there. You can go to our website at sim-trainer.com. I will tell you that we have uh, a basic handgun class tomorrow and a concealed carry class next Saturday. So if you're interested in that, call the range, find out about the training pass, get a special deal on that, including the firearm that you'd need to to use it for both classes, uh, the ammunition for both classes, and a lot of really good training. So I encourage you to call the range at 293-3914 and find out more information about that. That's 937-293-3914. We also have our advanced handgun series that will be starting up again uh, in May, on the 2nd of May. But uh, if you are part of that series already, you know that there's still a couple of classes to go between now and then. And um, we had a first shots class this morning. There is uh, another first shots class on the 20th, and especially our emergency first aid trauma class is on the 27th. So if that's not something that you've checked out, you absolutely want to go check that out. Let me also tell you a little bit about this show and the fact that you can join in and be a part of the show by calling the studio at 457-1290. 457-1290 will get you in on the board and get your information up so that I can see what it is you'd like to talk about. And if we have uh, an opportunity, we'll also let you talk to our special guest, who I'd love to introduce right now. Today, we'll be talking with Sean Maloney, who is, um, well, Sean, you have so many roles, I'm not sure where to start. Buckeye Farms Association, NRA Board of Directors, founder of uh, Second Call Defense. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for having me. Um, give let people who haven't heard of you before, or who haven't heard from you before, uh, you've been a guest on this show. But um, if they if they're new to this show, let let them know a little bit about some of the stuff that you've got going on. Well, right now I'm I'm a, uh, I'm a defense attorney in the state of Ohio. I've been principally involved in protecting people's Second Amendment rights for the last 15 years. The vast majority of cases I take uh, directly relate to using a firearm to self defense. Uh, I guess an exception to that is I was involved in lawsuits with the city of Cincinnati and the city of Columbus. They banned bump stocks, binary triggers, and anything to do with trigger activators and making your firearm more custom. So I sued them, and we won. Uh, and they didn't appeal, so that's all taken care of. Also, I'm legislative director of Buckeye Farms Association. I'm involved in drafting 
and testifying on behalf of pro-gun uh, legislation and, uh, and anything that, that surrounds that. Well, let's talk about one of those, which is the constitutional carry. Uh, that is something that uh, has just recently come up. It's not the first time by any means. It's been up several times in the past. Um, and there is currently a bill that's been introduced. There was one before it that had included some other things just in case the, the fix uh, to uh, 228 didn't get put in place. And so now HB 178 is, is uh, on the floor. Tell us a little bit about what you know about that. Were you involved in drafting that bill as well? Not that bill, but uh, okay. another bill, a companion bill that is a little bit cleaner that, that's out there. House Bill 178 is a constitutional carry bill, among other things. It also has a, a large number of other items in it. But it's important to note that when uh, Jim Irvine, myself, and uh, Ron Lemieux had been walking around the state house uh, between, uh, between sessions and as we swore in the new members this past year, we had uh, members of the Senate and members of the House approach us and say, hey, what do you think about constitutional carry? So they were bringing it up to us for a change instead of us bringing it up to them. And I think it was important to note the momentum. Well, there's 15 states with it right now. Kentucky just passed it. Idaho just improved theirs last week. And so it was the right time. And I think people realize and, and our legislators realize how simple it is. And, in fact, I had often thought that someone needs to go through 29 Ohio Revised Code 2923 and just cut start, out all the garbage. Our, start our going through it with a blue pencil and start redlining, taking oh, this stuff it, out. Exactly. It's so confusing that there was a lot that needs taken care of. But really, constitutional carry, when that gets in place, uh, a lot of these problems go away. Uh, and so you know, that's why I think it's an important thing to have. And for those of you who may not be aware constitutional carry or permitless carry essentially states that if you can legally own and possess a firearm and you're of a certain age, then you can carry that firearm without a, without a permit. You don't have to get any additional training, uh, and uh, there's no permit process, no background check or anything. Now, that would, prob Sorry, that would probably right. not remove the permit process completely or the licensing process which would give people the opportunity to carry in other states through reciprocity, I assume. No, absolutely. It, uh, in order to really to, to make this effective at all, we still want to have the ability to carry outside of our home state, essentially, especially since we're so close to Indiana and Kentucky. Uh, but it's important to realize that we still need training for those of us who want to take it, and we're going to have to have training and a permitting process in place to be able to carry with reciprocity. For example, New Hampshire has been a constitutional carry state for many, many years, and the vast majority of states that we enjoy reciprocity with do not grant reciprocity with New Hampshire, and that's a byproduct of them not even having a, a different permitting process to allow people to carry under reciprocity. So you're right, and folks, I, everybody gets scared about the lack of training and no training. Essentially, open carry has been constitutionally legal since the 1830s. Uh, and there's only a certain number of people that do that. So I think when we get constitutional carry, there's not going to be a huge, vast increase in people that are, that are going to carry suddenly. Uh, and certainly what we found is that nobody's going to carry unless they're comfortable with a firearm. And it's hard to get almost impossibly comfortable with a firearm unless you go to Sim Trainer and other places like that and, and, and have the skill of, of arms and feel good. My daughter has been shooting basically her whole life. She just turned 21 has a concealed carry permit, and she said, Dad, I'm not ready to carry it yet. I, I don't feel comfortable enough doing mag changes, I, I, low-light shooting. And so I said, you'll, in time, you'll be ready. 
So training is important for all of us, and I, and I don't think that's going to go away. Well, I think you're exactly right, and and responsible people are going to do what responsible people do. If part of that includes carrying a firearm for self-defense, going along with that is getting the proper training and being experienced and practiced on a regular basis in order to be able to do what they need to do should that come uh, part of the reason I'm an instructor, uh, I haven't been an instructor all of my life. Well, I I'm, I'm, do have an undergraduate degree in education, but I've not been a certified firearms instructor for all of my life. And I started at Sim Trainer simply because of the great program there and what I saw and the way I, the benefit that I saw people getting. People are going to do that. Well, Mark, right. And Mark, I'm sure you understand also that uh, if you're if you're taking just a basic concealed carry class in Ohio, which is basically a enter a basic pistol class, you are far, far from ready to be carrying a firearm in self-defense. I mean, many of us do, and they, they practice and they shoot, and I understand that, but there's so much training that we can all get out there. We can all be so much better. I mean, we're going to be half as good in a lethal force incident than we are in a best day at the range. So we have to make sure our best day at the range is the best it can possibly be. Because, you know, we're, we're not going to – I promise you, if any of us ever have to use a firearm in self-defense, we're not going to be standing uh, plainly in a modified weaver stance uh, looking at our target right in front of us. It's not going to happen that way. With a, with a nice, uh, steady, stable target just waiting for us <laughs> to shoot at it. Yeah, that, exactly. that's probably not going to be the situation. Um, one of the things I'd like to talk about, uh, it was the, uh, the bump stock rule and how that came into place. Uh, it went into effect last week. Um, so, you know, I, I know this is something that you've been following. So, you know, let people know a little bit more about that. Obviously, if you own a bump stock uh, after the 26th, you're now in violation. So uh, that's on, with a few exceptions, I believe, but I'm not even sure about that. Right. There's a few exceptions. There's still people that are involved in those original lawsuits, uh, that one is in D.C. and I believe one is in Utah. They, they are still stayed as those members. Uh, so they can still own one, and and eventually that will make its way up to the Supreme Court or the Supreme Court's going to deny it. Uh, and my sense is uh, the Supreme Court will deny it if it goes further because what happened last week with the Supreme Court is they refused to take the case up on certiorari, which was to ask for all the records to take a look at this and then impose the stay themselves. Uh, now, Gorsuch and Thomas uh, both filed written dissents, but essentially when they refused to take it up, it's over as far as really that's concerned for lawsuits. The lower lawsuits will continue, and uh, maybe basically eventually they'll make it up, but I'm going to tell you that the Supreme Court is very, very unlikely to be changing their mind at this point in time. They would have, they would have taken care of at least issue to stay if there was any, any possibility, I think, that the case was going to be overruled or overturned. And plus, it's after the 26th, and so if, they were, if anybody was really going to do anything, it needed to be done prior to the 26th because – there's probably some 500,000 bump stocks that were supposed to be destroyed or destroyed or turned into the ATF. So essentially, uh, we can no longer own a bump stock. There's no way we can get a tax stamp to own a bump stock. Bump stocks are gone. Uh, maybe someday down the road you can buy a bump stock, pay for a, a tax stamp, and, and get that. But uh, but I wouldn't even look forward to that. It, it's a uh, it, it was a surprise and kind of a shock to me again. When something like the shooting at Las Vegas occurred, they, they, they blame the wrong thing. They don't take a look at mental illness or mental health, and they don't try to get around it that way. And then I think also we got to look at the fact that probably within three or four days, and I've talked to many people that are in Congress, some of the NRA's lobbyists and Chris Cox, 
there was enough votes in the House and the Senate to ban just about everything we own within a week because it was so emotionally charged. It was it, it was it was so uh, so I guess so shocking to most people that the, the, the senators and our, and our representatives were, were ready to ban some automatics, AR-15s, you name it. And so the focus was steered away from everything else that it was on at that point in time, and it was turned to the bump stock. So, and I don't think, uh, uh, I know the NRA has taken a tremendous amount of criticism for this, but what was the NRA supposed to do, just walk away from the table and let whatever was going to happen happen? They stayed in the room, and, and, and they did the best they can, they can for all of us. I truly believe that, the conversations I've had. Uh, it, it, it's still surprising to me. It, it, it's a taking without compensation, so I thought it violated that portion of the Constitution also. And, uh, and I'm not quite sure. The ATF had the, the authority to do things the way they did. And, of course, that's part of some of these lawsuits. Well, I read through the dissent from the D.C. Court of Appeals, and it was pretty powerful in terms of uh, the, the arguments that were made against this action that, that the, the court had already taken or the, that mm-hmm. the majority of the board had taken. It's far from black and white, uh, and, it, and I guess it needs to play out in the courts. And I'd like to think that our, our judges aren't going to legislate from the bench. They're going to apply the rules. They're going to apply the, the 68 Act as it was, and they're going to apply the rules that are in place uh, that the ATF have to follow. And, and I'm hopeful that we'll see from there uh, what the law truly is and if things were properly done. And I can't say what's going to happen all of a sudden if now people can, can buy bump stocks. Well, or, or, or even, I mean, the bump stock was just a substitute for what was done on in in 68 and then 86 to make it so right. that you couldn't have uh, newly manufactured fully automatic weapons or even anything above uh, semi-automatic. So even a burst fire was illegal and and there's no reason no no logical rational justification for that other than because they can or because they did right. even though in my opinion by itself that was a violation of shall not be infringed. Um, we right, need to. I agree. Yeah, go ahead. I said I agree with you 100. percent And, and uh, it's like why I pushed lawsuits so hard in Cincinnati because it also included binary triggers, trigger enhancers for us doing a, a trigger job in a lot. It was wow. so broad, so it was important that we can't forget. All right, we need to take our first break for the hour, but if you'd like to be in on the show, and we do have a couple of people who are waiting, give us a call at 457-1290, and we'll get you up on the air as well, taking your questions. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Sim Trainer is the Dayton area's premier indoor shooting range and firearms training facility. Sim Trainer is a members only facility featuring 10 individual shooting stalls and a mechanical target retrieval system. Their range is also climate controlled for your year round comfort. Sim Trainer offers both pay as you go and year long individual and family memberships. They're also proud to offer reduced rate memberships for law enforcement and military. Need training? Sim Trainer holds unique and innovative firearms training courses, including the award winning. First Shots program, a concealed carry course, and an advanced five-course handgun series. Sim Trainer is open Monday through Sunday. Check the website, 
sim-trainer.com to find out more or call 293-3914. Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's premier indoor shooting range and firearms training facility. 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, just across from DPNL. Online at sim-trainer.com. The Dayton Gun Show returns to the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Always on target with discount prices on everything you need for the shooting sports and self-defense. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4, free parking. Children under 12, free with adult. Buy, sell, and trade at the Dayton Gun Show, Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Advanced tickets, admission coupon, and more info at cegunshows.com. That's cegunshows.com. See you there. Hi, this is Larry and for Integrity Water Solutions in my Kinetico system. My Kinetico softener I've had for over 10 years. It's still working great. And since it doesn't regenerate in the middle of the night, I always have soft water for my shower no matter how early I wake up. We've also got the Kinetico drinking water system. You know, everything starts with the water, and it's the whole house approach that sets Integrity Water Solutions apart from the rest. Give them a call today at 320-7460. 320-7460, Integrity Water Solutions. Baby boomers have shared their frustration about how much tax they pay. Let me reverse that for you and put the emphasis on saving taxes. This is Chuck Oliver, founder of the Hidden Wealth Solution, and I've been helping clients for over two decades to get their retirement on track and avoid the tax traps. Daily, I see clients paying taxes needlessly instead of maximizing their financial future. Learn how to save unnecessary tax and optimize your retirement. Visit retirementprotected.com, retirementprotected.com. The Home Builders Association of Dayton and Cox Media Group presents the 2019 Spring Parade of Homes, showcasing stunning new homes throughout the Miami Valley. The homes are open April 6th and 7th and 13th and 14th from 1 to 5 p.m. Check hbadayton.com for more details. Don't miss this free event. Nice weather expected out there for today. Scattered clouds, 70 degrees for the high temperature and light and variable winds. Very nice weather continuing into the evening. Low temperature dropping to 52 degrees. We'll see clear skies overnight with clouds increasing Sunday morning. Breezy and mild with a high of 72 on Sunday. Scattered showers and storms, especially once we get into the afternoon. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery in the studio today with our guest on the phone, Sean Maloney. And uh, Sean, uh, just before uh, the break, we were talking about constitutional carry. And uh, we have a caller who's uh, called in. Uh, Duke wants to talk a little bit about that. Duke, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm a uh, patron member of the NRA, uh, so I appreciate what you're doing on the board. Uh, my question about the pending legislation on constitutional carry, is that also include in it provisions that allow us to carry um, on state, county, and local properties, as well as going to stores? and now denying private citizens who own stores that are licensed as a public business from putting up a little sticker and denying me my constitutional rights? Probably uh, those, those stickers uh, are always going to be on private, private doors, and if we choose to, uh, to patronize them, then certainly we have to do those and abide by the law. Uh, I know there's uh, provisions in there to, to turn our concealed handgun permit, for example, into a concealed weapons permit. 
that's kind of going to be a little bit difficult in doing so. We'll have to work um, mostly because we've tried to pass knife rights the past two years, and that's been very difficult to do that also. The way the other states have done it, and I'm not sure how this is, will all uh, come out and wash, uh, other states, uh, simply anywhere you can legally carry a firearm, under federal law, you can carry a firearm uh, in, in that state. Certainly, I don't know if you're aware of it, but you can open carry in, in a lot more places in Ohio than you can conceal carry. So probably most laws are going to go that way than anywhere that you can carry a firearm open or concealed, you can carry a firearm. So are there efforts going on in Ohio so that, I mean, it's easy to say, well, if you don't like the sticker, don't patronize that store. But that can be ridiculous if you're carrying and you've gone to location one, location two, location three. Oh, guess what? Location four is the Constitution. Now you got to walk back to your vehicle and secure your stuff where it can be stolen from your vehicle instead of staying on sure. your body. Well, the, the only problem is you got to be cognizant of, uh, of private property rights. Those people have a right to decide what they want to happen on their property. Now, one thing that, that we can do that New Mexico does, uh, anywhere that you can't carry a gun because they put a sticker up on a door, you got to have a locker or someplace to store uh, store your firearm while you're on site there, and and, and I, I've had a lot of people have been proponents for that 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 for years, and that's not a bad idea. Well, and, and I understand that, and believe me, I'm a, a fan of property rights, just like the founders were. But at the end of the day, there's plenty of laws on the books that say that the private citizen can't put up a sign that says no blacks. And I'm of course not advocating for that, but you know, civil right, constitutional right, and constitutional rights are actually written down and enumerated. So I, I think it's a, a foul on the part of the the gun owner the the gun owner organizations that were not pushing harder to say, hey, listen, these people are licensed. I mean, it's not just like a private citizen throwing up a, a roadside stand. These people are are licensed by the state, so they give up a little bit of their personal rights when they do that. I believe that's an interesting well, argument. I agree with you, but but you got to remember, uh, we're passing laws, and to pass laws. You have to have a certain amount of votes, and there's a huge, huge group of people that are going to be calling your senators and your House representative members and saying, hey, you know, I own this store, and, and I don't want people uh, carrying firearms in my store. So there's a lot of give and take that are going through that, and then you got to see who, who – there's some people that won't vote for a constitutional carry based on that fact. And so there's a lot of things uh, that have to be done. There's a lot of moving parts, and eventually I think we'll get there. Uh, that's why there's a lot of things that are in bills that are taken out at the last at at the the, the last minute. For instance, in, in 228, we lost uh, removing the duty to retreat simply because we knew Kasich, uh, or they knew Kasich was going to veto it, and they said, "Hey, we got to take this out because we don't have enough votes over on the veto." So, do you want the whole bill to go down, or do you want to lose one part of it? But I agree with you, Duke, that certainly I'm a purist of the constitutional right. You know, what part of those 26 words don't you understand? And, and like I said, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm insane. I understand there's a, a progression. My big thing is I think it's important that the gun owners not lose sight of the bigger picture. You know, people talk about bump stocks, and I'm like, we need to repeal the NFA. Second Amendment is pretty simple. So I, I understand what you're say, saying about, you know, some folks are going to call and, and complain that they don't want guns in their, in their building, and, and we're not going to get 100% votes. But I think if we have a consistent message that, that's common sense, and that we stay on point, I think we'll be able to get there. Duke, thanks very much for yeah. calling the show today. I appreciate that. Let's uh, take, jump out real quick and talk to Alex, who's calling from Beaver Creek, because, Alex, you've got a question for us. Uh, I do. Um, first, thanks for taking my call. You guys are the only resource um, for gun owners to, to get some of these questions answered, and I really appreciate what you guys do. 
Um, I, I had uh, kind of uh, two questions, and then one came up while I was listening to the last uh, segment. Oh, well, we got about um, we got about a minute left before we're going to have to sure. run out. So go quick. Sure. Um, so, uh, in terms of transporting, I have a CCW, and I, if I have my firearm with me in the car. Um, say I'm driving to the range and I have a bag of firearms with me or my range bag or whatever, how should I best transport those? Um, and am I violating laws uh, by having loaded firearms in a car, uh, even though I have my CCW? Well, if it's, a, if it's a handgun, as long as you have your concealed handgun license, you're okay. Rifles need to be unloaded, and the definition of unloaded is there's no ammunition in the gun. So um, as far as that goes, as long as you're staying in Ohio going to the range, that's not a problem. If you're going to go to another state where uh, the the laws may be a little bit different, you you may have to follow the um, interstate transportation of firearms rules, uh, which which are quite a bit different and more complicated. Alex, thanks very much for calling the show. We're going to head out to Dave Daniels in the News Center. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 2.30. I'm Dave Daniels with a WHIO news update. Our top story, the president says Mexico is doing a better job in stemming the tide of illegal immigrants headed for the U.S., but they'd better keep it up. Near perfect weather expected for Saturday, but showers and storms are on the way. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now WHIO triple team traffic, no major accidents or delays to tell you about this hour. If you are westbound on I-70 from 675 over to 75, that 13-mile drive will take you about 12 minutes. Our top story, in an interview Friday with Griff Jenkins that aired this morning on Fox & Friends, President Trump says Mexico is taking steps to stop illegal immigration into the U.S. by turning away migrants at their southern border. But he's leaving his options open. I've had a great four days, and it only started when I said we're going to close the border, and I will close the border, or I'll put the tariffs on the cars that they make and they send into our country essentially tax-free, and uh, I'll put tariffs on there, and then I'll close the border after that if that doesn't work. The president says Mexico is also stopping migrants at the southern U.S. border. In Piqua, three people are taken to the hospital after a shooting at Lucky's Bar on North Main Street. Cops say the shooter's vehicle was recovered at the scene. Unfortunately, this is just one of those things that's kind of out of character, not only for the bar, but also for the city of Piqua. The good news here, everyone expected to be okay in that shooting, but Piqua police are asking anyone who may have been near or at the bar to give them a call. That's WHIO's Jenna Lawson. A bizarre story out of New York. A prank leads to the friendly fire death of an NYPD detective. Christopher Ransom, who calls himself a shock value comic, telling the New York Daily News the robbery of a cell phone store in Queens was just a stunt, pulled with a fake gun while a friend rolled video on it. He even returned the money to the clerk, only to face a hail of police gunfire as he turned to leave. Detective Brian Simonson was killed by a shot fired by a fellow officer. Ransom now facing murder charges over Jack Callahan says cops believe Ransom may be responsible for robberies at other cell phone stores. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag. 
Nice weather expected out there for today. Scattered clouds, 70 degrees for the high temperature and light and variable winds. Very nice weather continuing into the evening. Low temperature dropping to 52 degrees. We'll see clear skies overnight with clouds increasing Sunday morning. Breezy and mild with a high of 72 on Sunday. Scattered showers and storms, especially once we get into the afternoon. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar is clear, partly cloudy around the Miami Valley this hour. It is uh, 64 degrees in Huber Heights, 65 in Springfield, and 66 now in Dayton at 233. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963. And now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brant Pike and be dazzled. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip. Um, we're glad you've joined us this uh, Saturday afternoon. And if you have missed the first part of this show, you'll probably want to make sure you go out to the website and pick up the podcast version. It should be posted on Monday because... We've had with us on the phone Sean Maloney as our guest. And, uh, Sean, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us and dedicating this hour. My pleasure. Um, one of the things that we've talked about in the past on the show and has come up in, in different ways is the question about red flag laws. Uh, the red flag laws, for those who aren't familiar with them, are basically a way for someone to say if – uh, I, I'm concerned that someone is uh, dangerous uh, and has a firearm, either dangerous to themselves or someone else, that they can be reported. And then uh, without the due process of that person being able to testify or even necessarily be aware of a hearing, that uh, the law enforcement can be sent to retrieve that person's firearms. Um, tell us about some of the things that you know that have gone on with that and say, uh, what kind of discussions there may have been or may not have been with respect to Ohio. Sure. I'd love to. Red flag laws are, are scattered throughout the United States. And if your listeners can remember, uh, I think part of the reason why Kasich decided that he was going to veto 228 was because, well, he threatened, if you don't pass my red flag laws, I'm going to veto 228. And through the form, he did. Red flag laws at their, at their basic uh, is someone uh, – to be essentially one person has the ability to call the authorities and say this person is a danger and he, and he has firearms, period. And that's as simple as it is. And so the police show up because a husband and a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, anybody, however they define that, 
just dropped a dime on somebody and said, you know, he's threatening, he's a danger to himself or others, and he has firearms. And so the police are given the authority to go in there, take all the firearms away, and then some, sometime down the road, that person will have due process, goes in front of a judge and proves that he can have his firearms back. And that's a total violation of due process under the Constitution. And, um, and what people don't realize is that there's actually better laws in place in Ohio already that does that same thing. For instance, you can be pink-slipped. If someone's a danger to themselves or others, the police can come in and, and not remove the guns from the person, but remove the person from the guns and, and seek medical evaluation and medical health for these people when it comes to this. And due process is in, is in place immediately because for that to be done, the police have to show uh, to a court that this person is, in fact, mentally ill and there's a danger of themselves and others and doctors aren't involved. And then after a certain period of time, you know, there's another hearing. But why, why we think that it's going, it's going to protect anybody when we remove guns from the person and leave the person there with a car, uh, with gasoline, or with any other knives, with baseball bats, is beyond my imagination that they, they think that's the way to solve this. And essentially that's the way red flag laws are for the United States. They remove the guns immediately without due process, without a hearing. And sometimes it's weeks, uh, and it can be months before a person has the ability to stand before a judge and then prove that they can own their firearms that were taken because one person, unsubstantiated person, can call and, uh, and, and get somebody's firearms taken away. Well, and this is, I mean, if you think about what happens with the concept of swatting, where somebody calls the police and says someone's dangerous, they've got a gun, they're, they're doing some sort of, you know, planning some sort of violent attack, and then the police have to respond, and then the person who was an innocent victim is now subject to a, a forcible entry and you know having uh, guns drawn on them when they've done nothing. This is not that much different in the sense that there's no real proof necessary for the event to occur. And now you've lost at least some measure of your rights. And in this case, it, it requires substantial legal action to get your own firearms back. That, Mark, that's a perfect example, and that's exactly how easy it can happen. Anytime one person has the ability to, to, to impact somebody's rights without any recourse or without any proof, it's always going to be right for abuse. Uh, like I said, there's so many laws already in place that allow police officers to deal with problems like that and to make sure everybody's safe and, and, and it. And uh, all of a sudden require red flag laws or introduce red flag laws is nothing more than someone heard about red flag laws, and that's another law we should have. Uh, we already have laws on the books. We don't need red flag laws, and really nobody does. And until you can, can, can operate in such a way to protect people's due process rights and constitutional rights, you know, they, they can't be used and they shouldn't be used. And I, and I doubt very seriously that they would ever be passed, at least during the term of this governor, uh, in the uh, in, in in the state of Ohio, uh, quite simply, I, I've had prosecutors from Butler County and, and other counties send memos as to all the things that are out there that are already available, and we don't need red flag laws. But I feel pretty comfortable that our current administration understands and realizes that. And we should also feel pretty good about the fact that uh, the House and the Senate stood up to the case it was often hard to stand up to, and said, you know, basically go pound salt. We're not going to entertain your red flag laws. So. And, but, and and then, then he followed it, through with his veto, and they overrode that. Exactly, exactly. The right for abuse, uh, and the way they they're, they're currently in place, you know, they can't be done constitutionally. 
And then given the fact that at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, if someone's beating on your door and trying to get into your house, what are you going to do? I'm going to have my firearm with me. And then as it happened in Maryland, somebody ended up dead. And so there's a lot of, a lot of danger with these red flag laws. And all your listeners need to make sure that we stand up against these things. And uh, certainly we'll be putting out all the information that these things are introduced to show people everything else that's out there and, and, and how it can be done properly, legally, and, and constitutionally, and how we can uh, protect uh, everybody and, and do it the right way. That It goes back to the same question that we've addressed several times, and that is that of mental health. And by no means do I want to imply that people that have had mental health issues are automatically going to be violent, but there are those who, who are, and when they are a danger to themselves or others, it's not the firearm or the knife or what baseball bat or whatever other weapon that they choose or maybe have ready at hand. It's the fact that that person was dangerous, and that is the, addre- the issue that needed to be addressed. And far too often, um, it, in, at least in, in the way I've seen some of these, far too many of the legislation proposals that come through fail to hold the individual accountable or recognize that it's a person that we're talking about and the equipment is really not is not that relevant. Well, and you're absolutely right. If you go back and you look at Parkland, how many times has this person was in the system and they knew that he was mentally unstable and they had the tools to take care of that, everybody ignored it, and all of a sudden they want to infringe upon our rights because they failed to do that and to start you know, with their, their red flag laws. They had the ability to take care of the problem, but they didn't, and, I, and, and that's the biggest problem. When, the, when these things happen, when, enough, when a kid goes into a high school and starts shooting his classmates, something's wrong mentally and emotionally with this person, and that's where the focus should be. But immediately our legislators and, and all the progressives and everybody out there, and a lot of conservatives this time around, they jump on, on the firearm, they jump on the magazine capacity, they, try to, they, they look at the wrong thing. But then I started thinking, well, you know what, it, it, it's mental health. That's our biggest failure in the United States. But you know who else we have to we have we have to uh, we have to fight against is big pharma, because the vast majority of these kids, if not all of them, are on some kind of psychotropic medication for ADHD or for something that has to be a correlation. So you never get to that part because you're fighting billions of dollars in in uh, in, in pharmaceuticals also that have been pushing these drugs and this medicine. In and fact, so, it's not even something that they're allowing to be studied in many cases because of exactly that kind of influence. Exactly. And so the, the problem is mental health. The problem is that the person actually thinking about and, and carrying out these, these horrific acts, not, not how they're doing it, not the firearm. It's never about the firearm, the knife, or the bat. It's always about the person, but we never focus on the person. And maybe because the answer is too hard and it's simpler, or maybe because there's a certain segment of society out there that just don't want us to have firearms. Well, they don't want us to have the ability to protect ourselves from the tyranny of that same government. We've certainly seen that before. You mentioned something that um, I'd like to dive into just a little bit deeper, and that is magazine capacity. Um, one of the things that every time one of these uh, events occurs, the anti-gun crowd jumps on the, well, we've got to reduce the, the evil weapons, the military style, and especially high-capacity magazines. Um, and we've seen many of these kind of bills get passed. We saw that happen in Colorado, and Magpul pulled out of Colorado to go somewhere else where their product wasn't going to be banned. Um, there has been some interesting uh, 
changes or interesting uh, developments in the, the high-capacity handgun ban uh, type of, or not just handguns, but all high-capacity magazine bans, particularly in California? Right. California, a federal judge, uh, just said that, uh, that the ban high-capacity magazines or magazines of that sort is unconstitutional. Uh, and uh, lifted the ban on those magazines, and so those magazines started pouring immediately back into California and with orders. And then uh, uh, with pressure, uh, the judge, that same judge issued a stay on that order uh, until it goes to appeal, but the stay uh, was only the things that were ordered. If you ordered it by 5, by 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific in California, you could still get your high-capacity magazines. So, you know, and that's a very, a very strong ruling because, again, they looked at the fact and said, wait a minute, the, the, all these magazines, over 10 rounds, are, are, are in common use throughout the country. Very, and that's, that's the definition, uh, you know. Of, by the Heller test. The restrictions, yeah, by the Heller test, is common use. So they've given everybody the ability to get those again, and, and it just goes to show you how quickly that can change. And so now there's a stay on that. But we should never feel in Ohio that this can't happen to us because it can. It absolutely uh, could. You know, it, it, and, 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 it's, it, and not just nationally, but certainly locally in, in the state of Ohio. If you spend any amount of time at, at the state house, we're lucky because right at this point in time, we have a, a supermajority of people that are supposed to be constitutionally on the same plane that we're on right now. They're supposed to be pro-gun. And, and, and for the vast majority of them are. But there's still another side. And I, I always bring up the point that 10 years ago, occasionally you would hear about uh, moms and me in action. Well, that was when Bloomberg would come on a bus and bus them to Columbus for a little protest. There'd be 10 of them. Well, now when you go to committee hearings, there's 50 of them in red shirts. All of a sudden, moms and men in action are like Tupperware parties. They're throughout the state of Ohio, and they're meeting, and they're showing up everywhere. They're showing up in cities and in, in, in townships. Uh, they're showing up at the state house in Columbus, and they're actively, uh, you know, opponents to everything that we want to pass. And that's because Bloomberg has so much money, and he funded it. I, I am. A, people know. I'm the designated uh, target for uh, Moms Demand Action and for this show, so I get all of their email. Which sometimes it's it's tough to to read through because it's so absolutely filled with lies and emotional appeals. Based on exactly. falsehoods, um, they you know now they're now they're claiming all kinds of credit for having the Violence Against Women Act passed in the U.S. House this week, and it includes critical gun safety measures. Which number one, they don't know the first thing about gun safety, and number two, not one of these things is, has anything to do with guns. It has only to do with people who are dangerous, which takes us back right. to where we were before. Exactly, and uh, and so just be aware that they're out there. Uh, used to be when they came and, and spoke, they wanted to ban the AR-15s. Well, we're talking about carrying a firearm in a restaurant that serves alcohol, and they're talking about banning AR-15s. But now they're more focused and they're more on point. They're much more organized. And if you look at how, how Bloomberg is standing out, he gave money to Cincinnati and Columbus to help them with their bump stock lawsuits. They funded, uh, uh, purely funded the Madison Schools lawsuit, the appeal. Uh, they sued Madison schools and said you, you, teachers can't carry firearms. Now that we won that, but they're probably going to appeal. And then we they appealed, and we also won the appeal. But just know that Bloomberg and uh, and every town for gun safety is coming into Ohio. 
urban Ohio, rural Ohio, and they're throwing and Bloomberg is throwing their money around. I want to tell you something. Madison did not have the money to fund the defense for their lawsuit. Buckeye Farms Association kicked a significant amount of money in, and other places throughout the state of Ohio did also. So Bloomberg's on a, on a higher war path, and when you can fund every time for gun violence with $40 million, that's huge. When you can spend $20 million on a local congressional race, that's huge. He spent $200 million to become mayor of New York City. When, when, when he's printing money, basically, and they know how to do it, we have to pay attention. We have to stay awake. We absolutely do. And that's one of the reasons why this show is now in its 10th year. Our 10th anniversary will be next next month. And it's the whole point of what we started to, to do here was to debunk a lot of the myths that are often reported. And I don't fault the media for sometimes reporting false information when that's what they were fed if if the the right information isn't also made available to them, and that's one of the things that we've tried to do all along, something that the Buckeye Firearms Association has been doing for a long time, as has the NRA and several other organizations. So that's uh, that's part of why we started this show back almost 10 years ago now. Sean, we're going to need to take our last break for the hour. Um, if anybody, if you'd like to join in on the last few minutes of this conversation, we'd love to have you. Give us a call at 457-1290. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963. And now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brant Pike and be dazzled. The Dayton Gun Show returns to the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Always on target with discount prices on everything you need for the shooting sports and self-defense. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4, free parking. Children under 12, free with adult. Buy, sell, and trade at the Dayton Gun Show, Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Advanced tickets, admission coupon, and more info at cegunshows.com. That's cegunshows.com. See you there. Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. We have eight locations with tons of equipment, rows of cardio, and group fitness classes. We also have free childcare and free tanning. You can even do your cardio in our movie theater. Also, most of our clubs are open 24 hours, so don't wait. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. 
Join the Dayton Ballet for the magical story of Sleeping Beauty, the story of Briar Rose, with Tchaikovsky's score performed live by the Dayton Philharmonic. One finger prick turns sweet Briar Rose into the beloved Sleeping Beauty in this classic tale brought to life. With luscious new sets and costuming, Dayton Ballet's Sleeping Beauty promises to be unique, beautiful, and unforgettable. Get your tickets now for April 12th, 13th, or 14th at DaytonPerformingArts.org. That's DaytonPerformingArts.org. RG. Gallery Home Furnishings is the home of fine Amish furniture made right here in Ohio. Treat yourself to the impeccable quality of our bedroom and dining room pieces, occasional tables, entertainment consoles, glider rockers, and much more. Gallery Home Furnishings, 600 South Main Street, Inglewood. Nice weather expected out there for today. Scattered clouds, 70 degrees for the high temperature and light and variable winds. Very nice weather continuing into the evening. Low temperature dropping to 52 degrees. We'll see clear skies overnight with clouds increasing Sunday morning. Breezy and mild with a high of 72 on Sunday. Scattered showers and storms, especially once we get into the afternoon. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I've been speaking with uh, Sean Maloney from uh, several places, Buckeye Farms Association, uh, Second Call Defense, the NRA board. And uh, Sean, welcome back to the show. Uh, Just barely made it back in time. We've been having some uh, interesting conversations off the air as well. Um, let me, um, let me go to, uh, something that we haven't yet talked about. Um, some of the band, I mean, we've talked about bands. We've talked about, uh, the, particularly the, uh, the turning in of all of the bump stocks, but there's other bands that are attempted as well. That's correct. Uh, there's a number of bands, whether it's magazines, uh, trigger enhancers, uh, whether they're binary triggers or just you and I doing a trigger job on our firearm to, to take the slack out of it and make it more accurate. Uh, they ban styles of firearms. They tried to ban uh, firearms with uh, bayonet lugs on them with flash suppressors. Uh, at any one time, there's, there's attempted bans going on everywhere. What have you seen in terms of those things coming to Ohio? Well, luckily, we have preemption. Uh, and preemption is probably one of the most important laws we have in the state of Ohio as gun owners. And essentially what 9.68 preemption states is that the only gun laws are in the Ohio Revised Code. So all the cities and townships, you can't, you can't have your bump stock bans. You can't ban uh, uh, magazines with over 10 rounds. It, it's all based on Ohio law. And then everything that's being done on a national level uh, things will be will be brought in. There, there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, progressive state reps that are Democrats for the most part, and they're starting to introduce le- legislation that comes straight out of Gabby Gifford's group on magazine capacity, comes straight out of Gabby Gifford's group on, uh, on, on a number of different issues. And so those leak in, and unfortunately we never hear about those, and really we need to because there's been several bills passed uh, they want to have a state storage act, and that came out of Gabby Gifford. They want to make it a law telling each and every one of us that when we have guns in our house, they have to be locked up. Well, Basically unavailable for use for self-defense. Exactly. And so 
So I just did a memo and I sent him information from Eddie the Eagle. You want to keep your kids safe, you educate them. You're not going to keep them safe by trying to arrest the parents after after the fact. So, uh, you know, in our hand, basic handgun classes and, and all the training you have, several, several, you know, an hour is, is, uh, is dedicated to safe storage. So you teach people how to safely store firearms. You teach the kids not to touch it. You educate how to make each other safe, and, and you don't try to force a, a safe storage act. But we may never hear about that outside of the, outside of the state house that this is being pushed. It was pushed in the past. It was pushed federally in the past, and it didn't pass. And now uh, straight from Gabby Gifford to, uh, uh, to a, a state rep out of Cleveland. And you have to remember also that the mayor's against illegal guns. Columbus, right. they're, they're in Bloomberg, and Cincinnati's in Bloomberg. So they're passing uh, – they're trying to push ordinances. That's where the bump stops came from was Bloomberg and mayors against illegal guns. So they try to introduce this stuff all the time. So because we don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not happening. These things are just being killed before they get out and into the public. Which is good news. Let's try to get one more call in before we run out of time on the show, talking to Jim and Moraine. Jim, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I want to comment. Hey, Jim. Yes, sir. I want to comment. I got. I grew up in the 50s. They never had this stuff back when I was growing up, and it when it got started, it was all because of these mind-altering drugs, Prozac, Ritalin, you name it. And uh, I got a Las Vegas shooter. He was had a retainer from a doctor to take Valium any time he wanted to take it. And a person has to be out of their mind on drugs to be doing something like that to begin with. But you never hear it in the news media. Jim, thanks very oh, much and, for calling the show. Okay, you bet. And, Jim, I... I, Jim, I believe I, I agree with you on a large, and it's a lot of different things. I think it has a lot to do with the psychotropic drugs. I mean, I, yeah. I was a, a high school high school student in the '70s, and we were still allowed to have our shotguns in the car for duck season. And we still shot yeah. 22 rifles underneath the stage, and that's what they don't talk about is is all the psychotropic drugs. And you know, there's a lot of different things that, that go into this thing, into these Ooh. issues. But again, it's big pharma that pushes that aside. They don't want us to know what the, the cause of the problem is. Well, and it's one of the it's it's something that I think we have we have lost that culture of what it meant to have a firearm and what it means to be free in so many areas. You mentioned shooting rifles underneath the the grandstands at the in the school. There were a lot of schools that had 22 ranges in the school. And seeing kids bring their rifles back and forth to school on a bus was not unusual at all. Well, and, and, and that opens up another door that we can go into, and we could talk about this forever. Except um, we only have about a, 30 seconds left. <laughs> and remember, folks, look at your students' uh, textbooks. We don't teach the Second Amendment. We don't teach Civil Rights Amendments anymore in school. And, and how can we, how can we uh, defend rights we don't even know we have? That, that excellent point. Boy, we, we could probably do a whole other show on that. Sean, thanks very much for being part of this show today. Um, it, it the time as always has just flown by. Thanks for all you do, and folks, you got to realize that he's getting out the word. And if we don't know about it and we don't talk about it, th then our rights are trampled upon. Thanks a lot, Mark, for what you do. Sean, thanks very much. Um, have a good time up at the uh, Buckeye Blast or the uh, today, and say hi to Cam Edwards for me. This is Mark Avery for shooting from the hip on AM twelve ninety and News ninety five seven WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.